welcome to the Momgasm podcast. Blending motherhood, self-connection, sensuality, and pleasure. Normalizing what it means to be a mother and a sexual being. Hey everyone, this is Oliver. (laughs) Uh, Hi guys, thanks for tuning in. This is Oliver, Sarah's partner. And uh, on this week's episode, Sarah and I sit down for the third time and catch you all up on where we've been at, coming at you, since October. And uh, we talk all things separation, and we talk COVID-19, and we talk where we are right now, and how things have changed for us, and why they've changed for us, the things that we've been doing to change those things that we've been doing. So yeah, sit back, relax, strap in, put on your seatbelt, put on your headphones, but not if you're driving, because that's illegal, um, and have fun. Can you hear me now? Yeah, it's a bit better. That's okay. better. We've got better. 92% on me on me laptop. You think that'll be enough? Yeah, it'll be enough. Yeah. And we've got electricity, unlike last time we recorded. Where yeah, we, we made it work then. Yeah, well, I had to fully charge my computer, and then we took it, and I didn't use it at all until we recorded. Anyway, so we're back. We are back. Enthusiasm! Yeah. <laughs> trying to really trying to be enthused. Trying to stay awake, really, yeah. at this point. Yeah. This is this is where we're at right now. Well, we had we had a lots of late nights over the long weekend. Yeah. Lots of late a lot of late nights. Very long weekend. Well what? Yeah. And even though we didn't have a weekend getaway, technically, um, you reminded me that it was one year since our Digby vacation, and I decided that I wanted to embody some of that Digby spirit. And <laughs> that, that good old Digby spirit. Good old Digby spirit comes in the form of scallops. Get a little bit of Digby in you. Uh, and I feel like we did that. Yeah, I feel like we did it too. Um, as much as we could do in current circumstances, such as long weekend during a pandemic, you and, know. And state of emergency. But I mean, the good yeah. thing is, is that beaches are open. We didn't go to a beach. But parks are open. We went to a park. We did. We did do that. Went to Point Pleasant. Saw a lot of people not social distancing. Saw one lady get real angry about it. Did you? Remember that one lady as we were leaving the park and like a bunch of kids rollerbladed like right beside her? Uh, and she, yeah. I didn't even hear what she said, but I just heard her like shout something loudly like, get away from me or something like that. Mm. And I was like, whoa, it's all too real now. Because <laughs> <laughs> really for like the past two months, however long this has been going on, 
Almost two months. It's been a state of emergency since, since Henry's birthday, March 22nd. Yeah. And since all of that's been happening, I really not a whole lot has changed in my life. I'm a stay-at-home mom. Or mine. Yeah, nothing really has changed much in your life. Um, you're still going to work. Um, yeah. You are still leaving the house and going to work. Um which is kind of weird because I don't. I wouldn't think that a cell phone provider would be of essential service, but it is. Apparently, yeah. it is. Communications. Communications. Communication <laughs> breakdown. Yeah, I was going there too. It's always the same. I'm having another breakdown it during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So not much has changed for me. I, I mean. We're not going to get groceries as a family like we used to. Like that was a, a bit of a family trip. And it's a but fucking shame. No, not really. Well, yes and well, no. Yeah. You know, I. It's weird and stressful, and I'm kind of getting used to it now. Mm, since when we when I listened to I don't think you've listened to Lindsay and Jeff's episode, but no. when Jeff said that he was like a hunter gatherer, mm. I was like. Boom! Hit the nail on the head. When I said that to you, you were like, "Yeah, that's exactly what it feels like." So when you went grocery shopping this weekend, I was like, "Thank you for hunting, hunting and gathering. Really appreciate it." It's it is kind of like that. It's yeah, it's almost a weird kind of unwelcome return to to that. Kind of man goes out to work and yeah for us but in the twenty first century yeah <laughs> I mean you're still working you're still doing mongasm and yeah and everything as much as I can be yeah. as much as we can be Lindsay yeah. and I you know things have changed but we are adapting our first yeah. online live show well when this comes out it will have been the day before which you are gonna be on we just decided that today you and Jeff. I have no idea how this is going to go because this is the first time we've ever done anything. Like, yes, we've done lives, but we've never done an online show. And we've never had you and Jeff on the show together as a foursome, all of us. I mean, we've talked about it for like the last year since we really started Momgasm, but it's finally happening. Finally happening. I have no idea what we're going to talk about, but it's going to be great. So anyway, that's... Yeah, not much has changed in our lives concerning pandemic. Like, there hasn't been a huge upheaval in our lives. Um, it's just not being able to go see family or conveniently run down to the store for something. Exactly, which is small potatoes, really. Yeah. Yeah. You know, otherwise, we are very fortunate to have a roof over our head. You still are working. Mm-hmm. Very grateful for that. Grateful you have a paycheck still. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's a lot of things to be grateful for. So, yeah, not, not a lot of things have changed. But in relation to our relationship, <laughs> things have definitely changed since the last episode. And it was kind of funny because we are recording this. Last time we recorded an episode, we were in this cute little cabin <laughs> in the middle of nowhere. And now we are in the basement of our house in a fort. Cute, little, cute little blanket fort. Cute little blanket fort. <laughs> Made out of our, uh, this like awesome 
They're called crazy forts, and you can basically just make any kind of fort you can imagine. And we bought one for both of the boys for the birthdays, and we've been like... Oh, we bought one for Henry's birthday. Yeah. And then, because there's a fort that you can only build if you have two kits, I decided that Roland needed one for his birthday, too. <laughs> uh, so now we have... 138 pieces to build a blanket for. <laughs> it is fucking awesome. It is awesome. I love it. I want to put like lights in here and yeah. like, you know, just uh, keep it up forever. I didn't get a crazy fort for my birthday. Oh shit, you didn't man. I guess you'll be getting one for yours. No, I don't I don't know. <laughs> We've got enough crazy forts, but yeah. I am happy that we do have it so that we can be doing this right now. Yeah. It's cozy. Right? So you and I talked about what we wanted to talk about tonight, and obviously we thought it would be a good idea to update what's happened in the last seven months since our last episode, which I can't believe it's been seven months. Mm. Like, it does not feel like seven months ago. It literally feels like three months ago, max, three, four months ago. Really? Yeah. Does not feel like seven at all. Feels like a long, feels longer for me. Interesting. Yeah, because right, so much has happened. So much has changed. I know so much has happened, but I can't wrap my head around the time mm. that that that's how much time has passed. But yeah, a lot, a lot has happened. So we thought, yeah, update everyone on where we are, and then we made, we prepared some questions for each other. We did. Which I'm excited about. Are you? <laughs> <laughs> Are you nervous? I look like there is nerves in your eyes. <laughs> I'm always a little nervous. <laughs> Keeps me on my toes. So seven months ago, I'll set the scene. Seven okay, months set, ago. Paint that picture for me. Oh, I'll, I'll paint. Paint that. Paint. Get those paint. Oh, you can't. There's no paints. I know. There's no paint anywhere. I know. Let's not talk about it, okay? It's a sad, sad topic for me right now. <laughs> Although, I think my friend Carrie is pulling through. She saw the story today that I have no more paints. I have, like, I have paint, but very little paint. And she said she was going to go look at some of the art stores down in Yarmouth and Bridgewater. Oh. No, Yarmouth and Liverpool. Oh, nice. Way to go, Carrie. Right? Pulling through. Anyway, let me paint the scene for ye. It was seven months ago. <laughs> It was a dark and stormy night. It wasn't actually. It was a beautiful fall weekend. We went to Tatamagush, and at that time in our lives, we had just gone through one you of the... Okay, all right, I'll stop. Um, <laughs> seven months ago, when we recorded our last episode, um, myself, Sarah, you, Oliver... We were going through, uh, it was the beginning of what we only just realized a couple of weeks ago was the beginning of our separation. Um, we separated for about three months. Yeah, three, four. Three, four months around yeah. there. And when we got to Tanamagush, uh, that weekend getaway in that little cabin that was off grid was supposed to be all romantic and shit because that was right around the time of our 12th dating anniversary. Mm. And a few, I think it was like that week, 
that week of, we ended up having a complete breakdown of our relationship and still decided to go away together. We were like, no, I think we should do it. Because like, it was off grid. It was getting us away from the hustle and bustle. It was, you know, we were getting some time away from the boys, which we really needed at that mm. time. Yeah. And so what came out of it was this very raw and real look at where we were in our relationship, which was um, really uh, unstable. Uh, really heavy. Really, really heavy. Um really difficult oh yeah we weren't really sure what was gonna happen no and that was yeah we had no idea what was what was gonna happen and i remember at that time i was in the mindset of just every day i woke up and i was choosing the best for myself and i wasn't mm -hmm. trying to think any further ahead than that that day and i know i've talked about this on the podcast you know, how I felt like, you know, I wasn't sure if the next day I was going to wake up and leave. And mm -hmm. you, there was, I remember one night, you uh, going for a walk uh, in the wee hours of the night. And when I had called you asking where you were, you said that you didn't feel like you had a home anymore. And that is a, mm -hmm. this picture that I'm painting it was very bleak. It was very dark. So, <clears throat> yeah, we separated. I took We took off our rings, and you were sleeping down here in the basement, and I was sleeping upstairs. And we were trying to be... Tried to be civil and just kind of keep it out of the boys' lives as much as we could. Keep our drama and our... Yeah, feelings, you know, kind of cope and deal with it as best we could while we were around them and just, because we did, unfortunately, we did let it get to, we showed it too much to begin with and that affected Henry. So we had to make the decision to just kind of like put it aside when the boys were around and get on with it. Because we were still parents at the end of the day. Yeah, there was a conversation that I had with my mom. And it was when I asked you to leave for a week. And I called her up. I think yeah. it was like day. I think it was like the day after Halloween. Yeah, it was right around. Because yeah, I missed Halloween. <clears throat> and I called her up and I was crying. And I was saying, you know, like I didn't know what was going to happen. And how upset I was. And how it just wasn't fair. And blah, blah, blah. And... You know, I had said that it was starting to affect Henry, and there were some things that he had said to me that were quite sad. And my mom was just like, in all of her mama bear glory, <laughs> was like, I'm paraphrasing. She said that it didn't, it not that it didn't matter what was going on between us, but we had to put that away in front of the boys. Mm -hmm. She said, it doesn't matter what's going on between the two of you. You have to, you have to protect Henry and Roland. And when she said that, it all clicked for me. And I told you to come home the next day because it was having a, yeah. an effect on Henry. He, you know, the first 
day that you left, he said, you know, that he was never going to see you again. Mm. Uh, it wasn't so much that he'd, I mean, he had heard his crying and screaming, screaming shouting. And I think it was just the overall energy that we were giving off and the energy in the house that he was picking up on too. Mm. Right. He, it just wasn't. He's an absolute HSP, highly sensitive yeah. person. And, and an empath. An empath. And he definitely picked up on it. So it, yeah, and we did that and we kind of, we each did our own thing. You did what was best for you and I was doing what was best for me to get through it each and every day. And after a couple of months, we, I don't know, I don't remember the exact kind of turning point but I remember feeling like I was having fun with you again. Like when mm. we were out with the boys and when we, when we were having those family moments and when we put it aside in front of them, I remember feeling like this is fun with you. Something that it always has been yeah. ever since I met you. This was fun. And then... Yeah, we kind of started to, whilst continuing to do, to work on our own selves, we started to kind of slowly bridge those gaps and come back together and hang out at night time and what, and then we'd, you know, we'd still go our separate ways at night and I'd still be sleeping down here in the basement. Mm, I think what really changed for us was that you know, when my mom made that distinction for me to, for us to change how we were talking to each other in front of Henry and Roland, we then started talking to each other with more positivity and like, yeah, yeah it was a front because we really were not feeling very positive, but we knew that we had to change the energy in the house. So we were being more intentionally being more positive to one another for Henry and Roland. And that was carrying on through the night after they would go to bed, Mm. we were still talking positively to one another. And when we, you know, like there was a period of probably a solid month where every night we were having a heart to heart and crying and screaming. Like I remember I had a Mm. solid like two, three weeks of screaming every day in the pillows. And, but by that time, you know, like, yeah, we, we, the conversations at night had changed from being like really unstable and really, uh, difficult and um, tumultuous at times mm. to being very almost like there was like a weird harm- harmony that we were cultivating and we were talking about really heavy things but there was this like harmonious a levity to it yeah and we were giving and exchanging in such a very mm. fluid way and whenever we would sit down with one another, we were purposely really talking to one another from our heart. And I remember, you know, really trying to um, remember and embody that when I was talking to you, I would talk to you from a place of like empathetic love, not from a place of sympathetic love. Mm. Because I think that was what, had always stopped me in the past when we would have heavy conversations. I was always very sympathetic 
how, for how you felt that I would stunt my own emotions. And for the first time, I wasn't doing that. Mm. And I could see that there was like this weird, for like a little while, there was this weird lingo that was like lingo dance that was going on between us where like I could see that you would sometimes leave an open question for me to, to like come and to support you or right. like pick you up. And I wouldn't do it. I would intentionally not do it. Mm. And I would just say something like, well, I'm going to choose the best for myself or I'm going to put myself first in this situation and mm. this does not serve me um, and I hope that you can choose the right course to serve yourself or something along those yeah. lines. And that was like a real turning point. You know, the, the whole separation was a, a huge turning point because that was the first time in our lives and in our relationship, especially where we, we decided to put ourselves first and really work on just ourselves, not our relationship, mm. not our marriage. Like that was just completely off the table. We were just like, yeah, fuck it. Like we, it is what it is. Mm -hmm. If it, if there is a future for us, then it's going to come from the work that we put into ourselves. It's not going to, you know, cause the last, um, however many years of us being together, 12 years, every time that our shit would come up, like you had always said, we were just doing the patchwork. Yeah. And totally forgetting about our own shit. You know, we were just patching up the relationship enough to get through the next day. And, but this time around, we're like, fuck the relationship. You know, like, that's not the important thing. Mm. Us. Like, me and you well, individually. Yeah, yeah, that's the, what's important. Realize, and the boys. Yeah, we realize there's no real relationship unless we ourselves are happy and healthy. Like, we can't have the best relationship possible if, unless we're happy and healthy. And that was, and we weren't doing it for the relationship. Like you said, it was, relationship was off the table. If there is a relationship, then it will grow organically out of the work yeah. that we're doing on ourselves. And that was like really the only thing that, that I clung mm -hmm. to in, ter in, in, in terms of our relationship, whenever I would like come up against, because that's like the one thing that you want to think about and obsess about when you're going through a tumultuous time in a relationship, you, you're constantly saying, should I leave or should I stay? Is this relationship worth fighting for or is it not worth fighting for? And it's like, you're always coming back to the relationship. You're not coming back to yourself. Mm. And you know, I, I would, that's yeah, what I would tell would myself is that if I'm going to put the work on my, if I'm going to put the work into myself, then the right course of action for our marriage will come from that. Mm. If I keep choosing the best for myself, that will bleed into just in, just organically choosing the best for you and I in our marriage. Mm. Yeah, it did. And it was kind of around Christmas and thereafter that, you know, cause we both made each other gifts for, for Christmas and energy and effort into that and then mm. things started to take an upward turn from there we started hanging out having sleepovers yeah oh yeah we had we used to have sleepovers right. i remember i slept down here once once because <laughs> our 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 uh sofa bed turns into a king size mm. it's ikea but like it's really not comfortable <laughs> when you turn well, it into a king not only that but that one night also the water pump reeked mm. in the closet for whatever reason. It's just like, oh, great. Yeah, I, I, kept, I kept rolling. I was like, did you fart? Did I fart? 
where's the fart? <laughs> Who was farting? Um, but yeah, we had we had sleepovers, and we had our first kiss. Was it, was our first kiss New Year's Eve? I remember. No, our first kiss was when we were dancing to Harry Styles. Uh-huh. She, but that wasn't New Year's Eve. Our first sleepover was New. No, it wasn't. Yeah, I think first sleepover was New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. I think it was. Because we made those masks, and then you asked me if I wanted to. Oh, yeah, we had a dance party. Yeah. So, yeah, we had our first sleepover New Year's Eve. and It was around that time that we had our first kiss. I think it was either, like, right... I think it was, like, right before. Mm. And, um... And then from January up until now, it's, uh... Mm. We've just been taking baby steps. Yeah. I don't know when I asked you to move in back upstairs. You, I think, now that I'm thinking about it, I think you asked me to move in. Did you ask me to move in New Year's? And I said no. Or you asked me to... Uh, no, I, I just asked you to, to come sleep upstairs, I'm pretty sure. And I think you said no. I think I said no. I, I did say no. You did, because then I'm, I remember asking you yeah. like very shortly, like a few days after... Maybe the next weekend after. Yeah. And then you said yes. Right. And it's, yeah, because one of the big things that I remember, one of the kind of couple of big moments, like you said, the first kiss, and then that moment of you asking me to, to sleep over, were moments where I could feel like the, my memory of our first kiss or my memory of me sleeping over at your house for the first time. were redone in my like I could feel a shift happening mentally where because the choices that we were making and the responses that each of us were giving in these scenarios were different and they were intentional it felt like I could physically feel the rewiring happening in my brain and the those memories like when when we had our first kiss. I remembered kissing you in, um, in my dorm at Zane of X. And like that kind of came up. But then it was kind of like overwritten kind of thing. Like in this, mm. that memory, this new, fresh, first new kiss replaced it. And then when you asked me to, to sleep over and I said no, that kind of redid the memory of sleeping in your bed for the first time. Yeah, I feel like the after our first kiss, you know, we very slowly started sharing intimacy with one another. Mm. And but I I remember it was very was... intentional and it felt like every time that we shared intimacy with one another, you and I were like rewriting so much of how we used to share intimacy with yeah. with each other in because the past. Because this time, doing it this time around, this year, it was intentional and explicit. Right? Exactly. It was It was to the point of, can I give you a hug? Right? Can I hold your hand? Which, you know, for better or worse, in a lot of the relationships, and I think every relationship for the most part, for me at least, you know, going through my teenage and young adult life, those were never really questions that were asked because I didn't have the capacity yeah. or the language to to do it mentally. And no one had ever asked me. Right. 
and you, you know, when you're boyfriend and girlfriend or whatever, and you're together, there's, it, it's on, those boundaries are unspoken, but it was really important for us to verbalize them. Yeah. To create that intentional pathway. Well, I remember, I, I, I remember our conversation we had, uh, we start, I think you had moved uh, in upstairs and I think we were sharing more intimacy. Like there was a couple of times we had made out. Oh, I remember that one amazing makeout session down here after we meditated. That was amazing. Hmm. Um, but I remember there, you, I think that you were feeling, I think that you were having a moment of impatience and how, how, how slowly our intimacy was progressing. And I think you would ask me, you know, could, could I elaborate more on where I was and like my, just that moment in my life and how I felt about intimacy. Mm. And I remember telling you that currently at that point, I felt like I was a little girl and I was relearning how mm. to share intimacy because my first occurrence of first experience with sex was such an early age. It was so negative that, that I created so much of my sexuality, that my psyche, sexual psyche was, was born from that experience. So it was a, because it was negative. I had so much, um, so many negative and, and naive understandings of how to share and how to give and receive intimacy. Mm. And so I said to you, I was like, I feel like with every, every time we're sharing intimacy, we're kissing, we're touching, we're caressing. I'm really having to be completely aware and be in my body and at the same time as as I'm enjoying it I'm I remember also at the same time telling myself that I was a sexually empowered 30-year-old woman and it was safe for me to feel pleasure and receive pleasure mm. like I remember saying that to myself so often early on and that conversation I remember really resonating with you and you're like oh okay I get it and Cause yeah, I remember we had an argument earlier that day and I was just like, I, I was mad that you were being impatient, but I could understand where you were coming from. But yeah, it was. Well, yeah, I mean, that was, that was me and my, that's something that I've been working on, right? Of being more patient with myself and, and with you with regards to intimacy because I would always crave it and need it. Like mm -hmm. Intimacy was the... If I wasn't receiving intimacy from you, there was fear and anxiety generated in me of, I must not be good enough. You don't love me. Mm. So I craved intimacy to satisfy those feelings and silence those voices in my head that told me those things about myself. Mm. Um, and so that, that was, that was really difficult early on for me to do that. And that was why, as you said earlier, you know, I would ask questions about the fate of our relationship when we, when we began the separation, 
because that was kind of my gauge of stability within myself and my gauge of self-worth of am I loved mm-hmm. by you? Is there a future for this relationship? Mm-hmm. And you know, I've had to repeat to myself often that, and I still have to, but that I am worthy. I'm loved mm-hmm. regardless. And I think it's something that you said a while ago. It's one that I keep affirming whenever I need to, but you know, my self-worth doesn't, is not dependent upon the intimacy that I receive. Mm-hmm. And mine isn't dependent upon the intimacy I give. Right. So the, this is my first question for you from the quest, from the list of questions that I wrote down. What is your, what is your biggest takeaway from our separation? Ooh. Yeah. Kind of fun, friend. Fifty <laughs> fifty. <laughs> Pull the audience. <laughs> biggest takeaway. Um, I guess it would be that. That up until that point, yeah, I'd based my my self worth on our relationship. Right? And more particularly how much intimacy and sex we were having. Right. I remember there used to be, I, I don't know, I must have watched a TED talk or something by a sexologist or a sex therapist or something. And healthy couples have sex two to three times a week if you're, at, you know, in your 20s kind of thing. I remember you telling me that yeah. years ago. It pissed me off. Oh, yeah. And I was like, okay, well, if we're not having sex two to three times a week and we're this age group, then we're not in a healthy relationship. Or then we're not. You know, then, and if we, if we got to those points and I would keep track, oh, I would keep mental tabs on it, would. you know? And so if we were not having sex a certain number of times a week or a month, then that would raise questions for me of what's going on. Does she not love me? Is there someone else? Am I not good enough? Right? But it would turn into, I'm not good enough. Something's going on. Do I not trust her? Etc. And it would... All because, at the core of it, I had never practiced self-love. And I had never practiced self-care. And I never truly loved myself I didn't I valued myself based on how other people specifically you valued me and that's where I got my worth from so my biggest takeaway from our separation was learning that that's not the case Mm -hmm. that I am wonderful and I'm loved. I'm worthy of love. Regardless of whether anybody actually loves me. Regardless of whether you love me or not. I had to learn. Because the, it was very a very real possibility that I was going to lose you and I was going to lose the boys. 
and so I just had to keep going and act as if for the longest time mm. and eventually came to see through self-care, through self-love, positive affirmations and all sorts of other work that I am worthy of love. Hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really important, I think, to, you know, this kind of bleeds into what I've been learning over the last few weeks of like looking at the dark times in your life and asking yourself, you know, what gifts did that give me? Mm. And, you know, looking at our separation and how much it broke our hearts, there were gifts, mm. you know, and you, you have completely, completely changed as a person. Like from last August when I had my trigger, mm. we are two totally different people, you know, and, and I'm trying to think now of what like the separation gifted me. Yeah. Good, because I didn't have that as a question. <laughs> if you want to take that. I think it gifted me agency. Hmm. I was so wrapped up in our relationship and, and motherhood that I had let, let, I had a lot of things buried. And when it all came up, you know, when everything in our relationship came to the surface, after that, really what happened was the complete dissolution of the masks that we had created for ourselves. And in doing that, we unraveled ourselves completely. Mm. I unraveled everything that I thought I knew about myself and about a relationship. And you had done the same. And through that, through going through the darkest parts of myself, I, I've, you know, really recently come to the surface and realized how much of a, how much agency I have over my life and how I've always felt like things have happened to me. And now I'm at a place where I can look at the things that have happened and see my responsibility in it and then see forgiveness in it and then see love for the people and for myself. So it's not just giving me agency. It's gifted me a lot of different things. It's gifted mm. me clarity and honesty and so many different things. Yeah. I mean, that, you just, yeah, honesty was, is big, 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 big. Um, because when we, when everything blew up and kind of, we unraveled ourselves and our relationship, we had to get really honest, R radically honest. And that's just what we had to do because if we were going, we needed to be real with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, I, if we were, if there was going to be any hope for our relationship, then we needed to be, I needed to be really me and you needed to be really you for anything to happen. Otherwise mm. it would just, 
have been more masks interacting with one another. Exactly. Right. So that that's my first question to you. Oh. How are we for time? Okay. Um, my first question that I wrote that I wrote down here was: So where are you now on your healing journey? Where I am now in my healing journey, uh, like, just like let's say let's talk about today because like so yeah, much okay. is happening yeah. every fucking day. Yeah. Um, but where I am now today in my healing journey is uh, I'm really starting to like unravel this idea of multiplicity and being a multifaceted person. And it's such a really big topic for me because of my disassoci disassociation, disassociative identity disorder. Oh my God. Um, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God guys. <laughs> so this whole idea of like having so many different sides to yourself, you know, it's not just me that has that. Everyone has it. Mm -hmm. But I think that I really became fearful of this idea of having different sides of myself because I thought if I have that, that's a negative thing. And um, because in the past I would lapse into these these really intense um, characters. Mm. And it like, wasn't just that I was, I was exploring, you know, being adventurous or being fierce or being funny or being brave or being whatever. Mm. Um, I was really becoming an entirely different person. Um, and I still, you know, am unraveling that. And, but I think that that's really come at the forefront these last couple of days and not only that of unraveling multiplicity, but really finally accepting that I have darkness because for the longest time I, you know, we've talked about this. Like I've, I've seen this dark figure, this dark mm. entity for mm. years and I've never really known like what the hell I've like astral projected and seen this thing and it's come at me. It's, it's, uh, yeah, I've had some really crazy experiences with this entity and I've, I've known that this is like my darkness and I've had so much energy work, you know, done intuitive energy work with Bahia and she's, we've really come up against this dark figure so many times, but through my art therapy sessions, I've been able to really identify that my darkness is a part of me. And, you know, when my art therapist, Evie asked me the, my last session, she said, you know, if you didn't have any darkness, would you still be the same person you are today? Mm. And like, I just broke down crying because I realized that no, I wouldn't. And mm. I love who I am. And then that made me realize that by loving who I am, and my darkness has been a part of me since I was a child. I therefore love my darkness. Mm. If I love everything about me, then I love my darkness. And then that flipped the switch for me. And then I was looking at you and I was thinking, oh my God, like, okay, he has darkness and that's okay. Everyone has darkness and we are all just learning to love it and learning to live with it. And without, without your darkness, you wouldn't be the same person you are today. And I love who you are today. So if you, if I, there's been so many times I've said to you over the years that I wish we could erase the yeah. shit that's happened in our relationship. Start over. 
and start over. And when I said that to Evie, she was just like, if you erased all of that, would you have the relationship you have today? And I was like, fuck, no, we wouldn't. We honestly wouldn't. And she's like, you can't exist in this pure light state all the time. She's like, darkness gives contrast. And I was like, fuck, man. Yeah. You'd have no... It's the background-foreground distinction, right? Yeah, so... Well. You'd have no... There'd be, you'd have no lightness if you had no dark. Exactly. So that's really where... Mm. You know, my my whole healing is is based around um, fear of intimacy, so sexuality, and and fear of my darkness, fear of looking at myself and my darkness honestly. And so, um, yeah, there's there's been a lot of work around fears lately, and for you know when all that shit happened here in Nova Scotia a few weeks ago that really played up a lot of my fears and, and that played up my fear of intimacy. And I found that I wasn't able to be intimate with you during that time at all. And we've just started being intimate now. Mm. And it's, it's definitely different. Like I feel like it's, it's another, it's a whole, it's a new level. You know, it's, it's like the other night was so playful or, you know, yeah, the other night and then the morning after the afternoon, we used a sex toy together for like the, the first, first time. time. It was so playful. And the night before I was like covered in pink. So we had a creative night and like, I just felt so alive sensually. And we went upstairs and had this like amazing, just, yeah, it was incredible. So. Kept your apron on. I did. I kept my, yeah. kept my apron on. <laughs> <laughs> it, it sounds like you're, when you talked about agency as well it's like you've gone from thinking about or understanding your darkness as something that happened to you is that it's part of you yeah as well yeah 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 exactly it's really just you know since that separation because everything broke down, there was nothing, there was no mask that I had to keep on anymore. Mm. I was just free to be fucking heartbroken. I was free to be a mess. I was free to be, uh, you know, whatever. And it gifted me this opportunity because I didn't have to uphold any sort of fucking idea of myself. Mm. I was free to explore all parts of myself. And because we took sex completely off the table, and I had said to you many times, um, when I think, you know, this was well into the separation, towards the end of it, you mm. know, before, I think before our first kiss, and I remember saying to you that, you know, I didn't know when we could ever be intimate ever again. And I, I was that uninterest, in, uninterested in, in sex. Mm. And... I was still having sex with myself, not that often, but, um, yeah, I had no idea when I'd be able to share it with you ever again. And that was really liberating, to be honest. That was an extremely liberating thing to do for myself, to, like, completely take sex out of the equation, off the table, because, I mean, that was the biggest thing for me my whole life, was I always felt very... 
very almost like sex was, I was controlled by it mm. in a way. And I, by me taking it off the table and taking that, con- like that control back and saying, you know, me deciding when it was going to happen and when it wasn't, you know, I remember every time that I made love to myself, it was with a lot of intention. Mm. It was with an, an immense amount of intention and love and healing. And I did a lot of, of self-pleasure practices where I actually looked at myself while I mm. pleasured myself. And I explored myself. And every time that I did it, I was telling myself that I was beautiful, that I was worthy, that I was valued, that I was safe. And I really needed to have those experiences before I could ever share anything with you. That's, that's another thing that it kind of gifted me, too, is just the realization that that intimacy, that there is self-intimacy, like having an intimate relationship with yourself and self-love, and then coming together and choosing to share that. Like intimacy for me always, before, before all this, was just exclusively, intimacy meant sex and... Penetration. Yeah, and that meant, that was some, only something that I could do with you. That was only something that I could do with a partner. It was not, like there was no self-sex or self-love and intimacy no, no kind of intimate relationship with myself. And so there was nothing to share there. There was no union before. Whereas now it's me bringing myself and my relationship with myself, you know, and my own value. And I'm choosing to share that with you in those moments and you're bringing yourself and your kind of intimacy practices or, or whatever like we bring all of that together when we mm-hmm. when we share intimacy now like it's you know the, even this language speaking about it like this mm-hmm. was never part of our vocabulary no. at all prior to this yeah right yeah you you know as much as i did a lot of self-exploration you also did a lot yourself during, no, did you tell me that when we were separated, like you really did not masturbate at all? Yeah, I still don't. And, but, but you were doing a lot of like sensual practices. Right. I was, I still am, like I'm still just getting in touch with my body and exploring my body and what that feels like. Right, like playing with that toy for the first time the other week by yourself by myself yeah. was just me kind of yeah, thank you g-vibe <laughs> yes thank you uh me exploring my body and exploring sensations that i'd never felt before and i remember lying there thinking like i'm 31 years old and this is the first time i've ever used a sex toy and just having that experience of the pleasure or discomfort and kind of getting to know what I liked and what I didn't, what felt good and what didn't. And it wasn't, I like, I don't, even the term masturbation mm. doesn't really even fit no. how I feel about what I do anymore. Like masturbation fit more 
that time in my life where I sat in front of a computer and jerked off as quickly and as much as I could to porn. Yeah, I I I, I think jerking off is yeah, more of the term you yeah, would use there. Yeah, jerking off, absolutely. But like that yeah. that's what masturbation was for me. Now, it if I do it, it's more exploratory, more self-love and like when I played with that toy, I did not ejaculate. Like the the there was no aim, there was no goal there. Mm-hmm. Orgasm was not the the reason for it. And because of that, it lasted, I don't know, I was playing with myself for half an hour, and then I was like, all right, I'm done. Wow. I can't believe you didn't even ejaculate. Huh? Wow, man. You're like, become a Zen master of masturbation. <laughs> Zen masturbation. <laughs> You're a guru. That'll be my name. And this is Zen masturbation. <laughs> Zen masturbation, everybody. Um, yeah. yeah. So, and and this follows up with my next question. <gasps> oh, you have another one. I have another question. Oh. What have have you learned anything new about your sexuality? No. Sin- no. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, we've learned that you're a Zen uh, masturbator. Uh, have I learned anything about my sexuality? Uh, or your sensuality? Sensuality? Sexuality? They're two different things. I feel like I've learned a lot, but it's hard to kind of condense and verbalize. Okay. It's all... First thing that comes into your head. Uh, well, kind of because I was just speaking about it, but learning that, learning about self-pleasure and self-care, um, like my, so I still do my weekly baths every Thursday. Like that's my, kind of my king and lover ritual, right? I don't masturbate in the baths. I just say hello to my body practice gratitude with each part of my body and that's a sensual experience for me it grounds me it puts me in touch with the flesh that i'm walking in and the flesh bag yeah (laughs) that carries your soul sack of bones (laughs) um and and that's that's part of it that's getting getting in touch with my body has been part of kind of the first step because you know I bring my body and share my body with you and when we're intimate together and I'm exploring my body and being present with my body when I'm being sexual with myself and so kind of just getting to know it you know like looking in places that I haven't seen for a dog's age you know or and so yeah that that's one thing that's definitely changed um, that I've learned about my sexuality and also that don't need porn mm. right and that that masturbation really self love can be so very different to what, it can be a practice like it, an actual yeah, it, spiritual practice yeah oh absolutely um 
Absolutely. It's, you know, in, in not masturbating, there's just as much as I was, there's the practical side of it where I have way more time on my hands now. Um, and I'm putting that time into things that I enjoy, mm-hmm. more reading, more writing. Uh, and then there's also an energetic aspect to it too, because I, I'm not wasting all that effort and that energy on going to the computer and masturbating or sneaking off to do that or stay up late to do that Mm. or, you know, and because of that, I've realized that my sexuality, my sexuality doesn't, it's not like a use it or lose it kind of idea. I think, um, I think society for the most, or our culture at least, and I did at least, men tend to have the, the perception that if you've got a boner, do something with it, right? Because if you don't. Blue balls. Yeah. Right, blue ball is a thing, or um, you got to use it or you lose it. Right? Yeah, and that's just not the case at all. You know, I'm I'm enjoying my own body, my own sensations, and the shared intimacy, the intimacy that we've experienced a lot more because I'm being far more intentional with it too, and. Yeah, because I'm not spending it all the time, you know. Mm. I don't. I'm kind of beating around the proverbial spreading, like, like spelling my seed kind of thing, mm. right? But there's that's it's a lot of tantra that I really want to get into, but of just that's the energy, right? All that energy that goes into creating sperm is being saved up and put back into my body, mm. and what I'm learning. You can do something with that energy. Yeah, I can do something with that energy. And then when I bring that energy to those moments when you and I are sharing intimacy, it's far more spiritual, far more connecting, far more powerful. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's something that Lindsay likes to talk about a, a lot. And um, she's really wanting to get into tantra and like energetics of, uh, mm. you know, sharing, like having sex. And, and I'm really interested in that stuff. As well, you know, like pleasuring yourself just to use that sexual energy to better your day or maybe to help yourself do that creative project or maybe to help yourself go do that, uh, go on that run or uh, help your kids with that homework or I don't know, like it's, it is energy. Mm. right and and we can very easily tap into it right sexual energy is creative energy exactly i think that's why we had such uh, incredible sex the other night after i was covering my body in paint (laughs) and you know we were both naked down here Mm. in the basement and yeah and that's the other thing that that part of being in my body is just getting naked more and not getting naked 
to try anything or do anything. Yeah, that's like the right? one thing. When we're thing. down here and we're having those creative nights and yeah. we just get naked, it's not because I want anything to happen. It's because I'm really connecting to my body. Like we laugh at the, about the boys all the time running around naked, like mm. hanging around like, naked. Because it's, that's you, that's all you and only you <laughs> roar in the yeah, flesh. Yeah. How are you going to get to know yourself if you're never seeing or touching yourself? Mm -hmm. Right? And so as we get older, we tend to get naked a lot less. Yeah. Unless we're jumping in the shower or and maybe if we're going to bed. But I can easily get in the shower and like never look at myself. Right. Like that's happened before. Yeah, because like, you're on autopilot. Yeah. And you just, whatever. Yeah. Right? And then you step out and you look in the mirror and you're like, oh shit, what's that? Right. Right. But it's, so just being in my own skin more and doing that around you mm -hmm. with no intent, no anticipation or intention of necessarily doing anything with it mm -hmm. and being comfortable in our own skin together as I found, I find has really kind of helped with my own kind of with my own insecurities and self-worth stuff, but also with the intimacy that we're sharing. It has helped me become more comfortable with the intimacy that we're sharing, where I have a fear of intimacy. Um, when we first came down here and decided that we wanted to get naked and just hang out down here. I remember like saying to you, I want to make it very clear that, mm. you know, and you were totally on board yeah. that there was going to be, no sex, um, that it was no pressure whatsoever, but if arousal did happen, that was okay. Mm -hmm. it, but if we wanted to do something about it, we had to leave the we space. Love, yeah, we leave the space because this is a, this is a sacred space. Right. And it was so fucking cathartic <laughs> and so nurturing to be down here to be in this space that we love, that we create art and we play our music and we meditate, to be naked in this space with you, to see you in your entirety and to be able to look at you and explore you and not be afraid to do it because mm -hmm. there's been so many times in a relationship where I do see you naked, but I'm afraid that if I look at you and you catch me looking, you'll be like, oh, she wants to have sex. But because I was able to do it in a safe space and you knew that I just wanted to look at you and explore and that you were doing the same to me, it was so interesting. And yes, you did pop a boner, but if we were like, <laughs> the first time, yeah. yeah, we were like, okay, whatever. Like I looked at it and I was like, okay, actually that was the first time that we intentionally took our clothes off in front of one another. Mm. Like that night. And we both stood here. It was kind of like a notebook moment. Where we both stood and we were just like, okay, I and guess I, we're doing this. And I was this. gunning for the notebook moment. You were just like, oh, no, like, no. no. Like, this needs to be. I didn't want a notebook moment. Like, we have to get those jitters out. Didn't I just, I think I just stripped down. Like, I think I was just like, fuck it. Or did you do that? One of us was just like, fuck it. But we ended up just standing there and looking at each yeah. other. And then I remember us dancing. Yeah, dancing. Yeah. And that was really cool to see your dick flopping around. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, look at it go. Like, it's not like I've never seen it do that. It was just, you were going at it. And it was great. Yeah. <laughs> 
But then you watched me dance, and then we actually drew each other. We drew each other's portrait, which was, like, so cool. Like, Titanic moment. Mm -hmm. We had so many great theatrical moments. We're just doing it. Our lives are just a montage of different romantic movies. (laughs) Next, we got to do Ghost. (laughs) Well, you do enjoy pottery. I do enjoy pottery. Um... But yeah, that 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 was a really eye-opening night and a really healing night. And I think we did end up having sex that night, but we went upstairs. Yes, you said to me, you were just like, can I take you upstairs? And I thought about it. I was like, yeah, actually, you And can. then the other night, when we got naked for our creative night recently, mm. and yeah, you were all painted up and everything, and I was sitting there writing, and you came over, and then you, you said that. You were like, yeah. I, do you want to go upstairs? Yeah. And I was like, mm, yes, yes, I think I do. Yes, I do. I really do. <laughs> but I'm glad we made that decision to keep, when we're having those creative nights, that space is sacred. And it, like you said, if arousal comes up, because it probably might, it, um, that if we want to act on it, then we do so. We leave the space and we go yeah. somewhere else. Right? And that kind of is a big thing that we've been working on since the separation too, is boundaries. Oh, and boundaries. That, that oh intention. yeah. It's all, it's all boundaries, right? Of we're setting those intentions. We're making it explicit. We're making it clear. Yeah. It, you know, we had to do that for our relationship, but we also had to do that for ourselves. Mm. Like we, you and I both had no concept of boundaries and you know, through the years, whenever I would be triggered or you would you would come on to me and you would get fiery mm. and I would be fearful, you know, I really didn't have the language to tell you. The language that I was looking for was how to create a boundary. Yeah. And so, you know, our separation was a real lesson in consent and boundaries. Um, you know, that was what we kind of built our new our new marriage on. Yeah. was that foundation and because we identified that we didn't have that at all yeah and, we and the first night that we we have a slept in the same bed i slept in your room at your mom and dad's house i thought your mom and dad knew they didn't yeah right and it was we weren't even dating and nothing happened but it was i was just a friend sleeping over and i slept in your bed mm-hmm. i mean right. that was not uncommon you know i would share a bed with I used to share a bed with a very good male friend. And that should have been a boundary. That should have been a very clear boundary. But I I had no no idea about them. And as a a person who has um, endured sexual abuse, you know, that was a very... uh, I identify that that was a a foundational... Mm. Um, foundational element that I needed in my life. Like I needed, I really needed to, to grow a new understanding of intimacy from that foundation. And I realized, and you realized that you needed to do that too. And for us to move forward in whatever our relationship looked like, whatever it looked like, it maybe we, you know, even if we didn't have a relationship, there still needed to be those clear lines of boundaries and consent. Cause I think even as two separate people, uh, co-parenting, there's still going to be 
boundaries and consent of like, can I take the kids or whatever, mm. you know, like I know this is all theoretical, but still boundary consent don't just are not just conducive to, um, sex. They are, they bleed outside of the bedroom. Oh, they are like, part of life. Yeah. It's, you know, I mean, you look at young children and how frequent is it that people will come up to your adorable little children and like grab them and go, oh, yeah. or, you know, even want to kiss them kind of thing, you know, and obviously right now during the current state of affairs, that's just not, that doesn't happen at all. Uh, and that brings me to another one of my questions. Oh. Um, it's not really kind of relational, but it's kind of in the vein of, what have you learned and all this stuff? So, what has COVID nineteen taught you so far? Oh, dude, I was just thinking about this today, actually, and I was gonna write a post about it. <gasps> <gasps> oh my god! Oh my gosh! Um. So, I was writing a post today about um, the the book that I've been reading, Untethered Soul. Uh, I had I have just finished it last week or the week before and I was writing down some things just very like you know kind of unconsciously like just verbal vomit I was writing in my my journal as I was reading and I was looking back over it today I was feeling very um reflective today and I saw this quote that I wrote down from the book and I think I paraphrased it when I when I wrote it down. I think I wrote it differently than the book. But I, I wrote down, we are not, we are not living. We are living mind. No, it was, we are not living life. We are living mind. That's what it was. Okay. And I wrote it down. And then after that, I started talking about how COVID has gifted me the perspective, this new perspective through death and not just actual, you know, mortality of what's been happening, well, you know, how people are being affected by this, but death of the old ways, mm. death of these old routines. And, I, and, I'm, and I, wrote, I wrote in there how before COVID, we weren't really living life. We were living in our minds. We were, we were always planning a month ahead or weeks ahead. We were never really present and trying to remain present was like this, this, this like, Oh, you know, the attainment that we all wanted to, to get to. We all wanted to, every time we would go to a meditation practice, it was like, Oh, I feel so aware. I'm so present right now. And I can, I can, I can smell everything and I can see everything. And now it's like, I can't help but be present. Hmm. There is no planning ahead. I don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. I don't know what next week's going to bring. I don't know what next month is going to bring. Like we've tried talking about next month. I think there's something going on next month. And yeah, I there's not probably not. Well, exactly. <laughs> and I, I brought it up to you and you're like, why would I think that far ahead? I can't think that far ahead. And then I think I read this in the, the book a day later and I was like, shit, he, all he was so, you know, like that's exactly it is that we are all being forced to live in the present. And we're all, not only that, but we are 
also being given the chance to build communities. And we are given the chance to understand that the house that we live in is our kingdom and our neighbors are our friends. And we're like, we're relearning this whole communal idea of how to build communities. And that's, I'm just like, I think we're all at the mercy of COVID and we're all having to like, we're all having to surrender and a lot of people are resisting it and they're freaking out and they're looking for answers and they're, they're reading the news and they're giving in to the fear and they're they saying, it maybe it's not a big idea. Yeah. Like it's not a big deal. And, mm-hmm. and you know, there's nothing to be afraid of. Bacteria is good and germs are good. And, and this is like too much of, you know, we're making too much of a big deal out of this. And, yeah, we all wanted to go back to normal, but I think that whatever we had prior to this is never going to come back. I think after the state of emergency is over and done with, we're all going to be dealing with some form of PTSD when it comes to being in public again mm. and being around people we don't know. And so, yeah, I think it's gifted me a lot of presence and that presence has allowed me to to put in a lot more time into myself and my creativity and my children and my house, my kingdom. Hmm. Thank you for answering that. It's a great question. What, uh, what would your answer be? What has COVID gifted you? Perspective. It's given me, it's also given me kind of simultaneously hope for humanity and also complete hopelessness for humanity (laughs) like on the one side I think oh my god this is a huge and incredible opportunity for each of us to do the work as you said we're kind of being forced to be present we're not only we're being isolated in our own homes we're being shut off from the world. Events that you thought you were going to next month, not going to happen. Right? We already know that Canada, the Canada Day Parade is canceled in Westville. In Westville. Right? <laughs> um, and Westville's my hometown. That's where I grew up. Yeah. No one, for anyone who doesn't know that. Westville what? Westville what? Um, and so that's for the people that are doing it and that are realizing that hey shit I have to be with myself let's get to know myself what are some things that I want to change or whatever and looking at that as an opportunity for change and for growth Um, but yeah like you said I think there are a lot of people that are resisting it because it's scary I mean like that's why so many people don't like to meditate or don't like to be on their own because yeah. it means they have to be with themselves and yeah. that means getting working through your shit yeah get a therapist guys it um, really helps <laughs> um yes and no but therapy's not for everybody so you're and right and there are different, different modalities exactly all even you know whitewash is therapy but you're doing art therapy and you never knew that that was something that you really needed until recently. It's been the most incredible form of therapy right. that I've ever had. So there are different modalities for, for healing and doing this work. So I, I see the opportunity and I'm taking it for myself 
like like you i i'm putting the energy into more creative pursuits and spiritual growth um i i was fortunate to have something of a bit of a meditative routine prior to this anyway um me doing my garden work as i call it waking up early in the mornings and meditating and reading and writing and all that stuff has continued um but yeah and i'm also taking more pride in our home and getting those bookshelves was a wonderful wonderful way to improve our state of mind and our environment Thunderbar. um so i feel very hopeful and i look at the world and i think huh you know maybe we'll all come out of this and things will really have changed like people there's even like people are pushing the canadian government right now to not only extend the serb benefit but turn it into a universal basic wage yeah right yeah. which which is wonderful because yeah that's if our if this is taught as anything it's that these systems and these institutions that break down in the face of something like this are going to need transformation because mm -hmm. this is not the first pandemic and it will never not be the last mm -hmm. and it will not be the last natural disaster to occur um so we need it's an opportunity for us as a community and a collective to look at the systems that serve us and look at the ones that don't and say okay well then where do we need to improve my fear that COVID-19 has also given me is that we won't take that opportunity and that there will be so such a resistance to just try to get back to normal that we'll miss it and if we miss it stuff like this is going to keep happening until we wake up mm. um, but I mean we are waking up it was when we were watching that psychedelics thing on netflix last night have a good trip something that deepak chopra said you know, people think that the spiritual awakening happened in the counterculture movement in the 60s and then it, and now it's over and we've missed it he's like no like we're still waking up yeah we're still in it we're still in it we're still waking up and that was really that was really uplifting to hear mm. um because we've often reminisced and said, oh, God, I can't believe we missed that and free love and all that. But, yeah, we are still in it. We are still waking up. This is just part of that growth process. And when you grow, shit gets real uncomfortable. And it gets and it looks real dark and real daunting for a while. Mm. Right, you go through the dark night of the soul. And that's kind of what this has been for humanity mm. and we went into 2020 be like yeah this is going to be a really good year mm -hmm. this is there's some powerful this is the energy year, guys this is some powerful energy coming into 2020 <laughs> and then boom the whole world shuts down like that's not what we expected no but that's probably that's powerful what, energy that's powerful energy and that's probably what we need you can't change anything by keeping it the same and so it's you know you've got to so yeah, it's kind of simultaneous hope and fear, but I am leaning on the side of hope. Well, that's a great, we can't change anything by keeping it the same. That's a 
you could definitely apply that to our relationship as well. Yeah. Going back to that, because I feel like this episode is about our separation. Well, yeah, if you just keep doing the same things over and over again, why are you going to expect that? That's, that's insanity. Mm-hmm. Repeating the same actions over and over again, expecting different results. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get different results. So do something different and you'll mm-hmm. get a different result. So on that, I think we haven't got much time left, but... No? Um, mm. I have one more question. Do you have any more questions for me? Um, yeah, I got two because I asked you one that. Okay, you ask me one then, or both. Well, that was kind of in in line with that for twenty twenty. Do you feel like your intentions for twenty twenty are in line? Like, do you feel like you're? What's your other question? My other question is, um, what are some sexy things you want? You're excited to try with me in the bedroom. <laughs> Hey, that's a much better question. Uh, what are some <laughs> sexy things I want to try with you, Oliver? That you're interested in sharing with me since that's part of our Sharing with now. you, Oliver, in the bedroom. Um, Don't say them all at once. <laughs> I know this is going to sound... I know this isn't the answer you want, but there's like nothing that I can think of. Oh. And I think that's because the intimacy that we are sharing, yes, you know, the other day was really playful and that was wonderful because a lot of the the in- intimacy that we have shared um, over the last little while, over the last month or two, has been really like profound and spiritual and healing and mm. beautiful and connecting um, and then, so yes, you know, the other day it was so playful and that was great. And I think I, I want more of that, you know, I want more playfulness, mm. but I also still want so much of that spiritual side and that healing because I, I still really need that, but I'm not really looking to, to like introduce anything right now, because I think where we are yeah, right okay. now is such a, a, it's where we need to be. And now if I'm thinking about, this kind of leads in the question that I was going to ask. Oh, that is the answer I was looking for. Well, it's not the answer oh, I was looking okay. for, but it's, I appreciate that answer. I like, okay. I like that. Um, if we're looking at like years from now or months from now, we're looking into the future. We're looking into the future. The future doesn't exist, there. future doesn't exist. It's all an illusion We're theoretically thinking life. about possibilities. A possibility is I want a butt plug. <laughs> okay. I want I want to play around with butt plugs. I'm really interested in it. So I'm looking, I'm like sussing it out. Mm. I haven't looked at any yet. I'm just like getting used to the idea. And the other day when we had sex, you were kind of applying pressure yeah. to my butt, my butthole. I sure that was okay. Yeah, and it it felt really good. Um, so I think I still have some like things to get over about butts, about butt stuff. Mm. You know, I know we talk a lot about it on momgasm, but there's still like personally, I still have some butt stuff to get over. It's I. The feeling is mutual, because when I was playing with that toy, by myself, I was playing with my butt. Were you? I was. Got a little poop on it. (laughs) 
didn't put it up my butt. You had butt on you had poop on the outside of your butt. What the no, hell I was, happened here? I was like, you know, I was You were dipping it? I was dipping it. I was <laughs> dipping it and just you know, I wasn't forcing anything or But okay. I, I just I I keep a clean ring. <laughs> But I guess it had been not long enough between my last bowel movement. <laughs> Maybe just or take something. a get a baby wipe and like wipe your butt before you play with butt toys. Butt toys. <laughs> Butts. That's possible. I, I was just like, okay, that's real. I'm gonna go wash this now. <laughs> and yeah, so I can I can relate to that. Um. More forethought has to go into it. Yeah. So there's there's still some stuff I need to, like, get comfortable with. But I think what I just need to do is, like, I think what I'd like to do is just buy a butt plug and have it there. And, like, for whatever I'm, I'm, I'm confident to try it, I'll have it there. I mean, I know I can use a finger. That's a thumb. Or a thumb. <laughs> whatever. But, um... So, yeah. Butt plug and... And I know we've talked about this before. But it's it's... I I wrote down this question because of Lindsay and Jeff's last episode mm. where they were talking about no monogamy. Mm. And that is something that I am interested in. I'm I'm not interested in polyamory. So welcoming another person into the relationship and having a relationship with that person. I'm merely interested. And like, you know, there's a lot of stuff I haven't thought about. But when I was listening to Lindsay and Jeff's episode and they were talking about swinging and soft swap, I was like, what the fuck is soft swap? What is that? But my... I don't know what that is. I don't know what it is either. But my ideal situation is having a woman join our intimacy like for like a one-off and that be that or perhaps she'll come back you know down the road or something you make it sound like a sitcom and she's yeah you know us. you know but my, so my thought my question was how do you feel about non-monogamy or no, you know what? It's not even non-monogamy because I still want to be monogamous with you. I still want to only have a relationship with you. Mm. How do you feel about inviting someone in to our intimate circle? Mm. That's a complicated question for me. Um, right now, still no. Fuck! <laughs> joking. Um... Yeah, just because, I mean, I don't feel like I'm there. You know, I don't know if I'll ever be, but I know that right now I'm not there. I don't think we are there. Have you ever fantasized about inviting someone, like having sex with me and another woman? Um, yeah. Okay. But it, it also, whenever I, or if ever I would fantasize about that, it was always complicated by feelings of jealousy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's, I, yeah, I, I don't think I'm not there and I don't even, I don't think we are there. We're oh, no, there. no, 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 no. Yeah. This is, this is like the, all right. You're thinking in the future, in the future, like this is like, 
when I think about this, so like this is kind of like my last art therapy session, Evie asked me to create an intention map of where I am and where I want to be with my healing. Well, where I am right now with my sexuality and where I want to be with my sexuality, I would love to get to a point where you and I are both so comfortable with each other and we've like tried so many different things with each other that we get to a point where we're so comfortable that we are able to share our our love and our connection and open that up to someone else to come in and share that with us and be able to enjoy that company and be confident and 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 just know that there's nothing to fear but I do know that you're that I'm not there. You're not there. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about sex clubs? <laughs> sex, sex. Sometimes I love just like seeing your reaction because like at the end of the day, you are still a little Englishman. <laughs> and <laughs> you you, re- you get red in the face about yeah. stuff. <laughs> Did you actually want to ask me that? <laughs> I wasn't sure if that was rhetorical enough. Would you ever want to go to a sex club with me? Oh, Jesus. I don't know. Again, that's a... I'm not living in the future, man. Come on, like, man. I, I Come on, man. I live in the present. We're living life, man. We're not living in the mind, man. <laughs> and life only happens now, Sarah. That's right, man. Uh, I don't know. Like that's 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 way out there. Would you ever have sex in a fort? Oh my god. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> As you look at me. <laughs> Is it time to end this episode now? Is that what you... Um, did, was that all your questions? Well, that was your question. Did you have another question? But no, that's all my questions. Well, then we can end it on this question. <gasps> and we can both answer it. They answered my questions with questions. What has been... And they pointed me into the night. Sorry, go ahead. It's beautiful. Um, uh, I, it was voted that I had the better voice. No one has ever voted that. At our wedding, lots of people voted that. Oh my God, you remember that? Yes. You are so... Hey, li- listen, just as you will never forget Best Dress 2007, I will never That's forget right. that our entire wedding company voted that our I had the better voice. wedding company. Of those that... We're still there. Yeah. Oh, man. No, everybody was still there. Though. I can't wait to renew our vows. Mm. Um, Me too. What has been the most profound thing you've learned over these last seven months? We'll end it on... Well, oh, wait, 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 wait. What is the... Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Over the last seven months, after everything that's happened and everything we've learned... Yeah, what was, I feel like I've already asked this, like what was your biggest... Yeah, it's like what your, What was your biggest takeaway from the separation? Cool, cool story, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
Well, now I feel like I need to ask you another question. Do you? you need to ask me another question? Um, what do are how do you? You don't have to ask me a question. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm <laughs> I really have to pee. Okay. All right. Well, um, thanks for talking to me in this fort. You're welcome. Is there anything else you want to say before we leave? Any last pieces of wisdom about separation? I will, I will say. I will say something. If you want to, the most profound thing that I've learned, so not necessarily the biggest takeaway from our separation, but in the last seven months, the most, maybe the most profound thing that I have learned is the power of gratitude. And that to take time in my day, learning to breathe is a big one. Because in between breaths, you can hear the voice of the silence. And then taking time in my day to express gratitude. And I really enjoy that that's become a nightly routine and ritual for us. Whether it's just we're in bed and we're really tired and the lights are off, just what were you grateful for today, Sarah? Or what were you grateful for today, Ollie? And then just reflecting back on my day and focusing on all the good things that happened and ending my day that way. Or if it's the ritual and we've got the candle lit and we're giving each other back rubs too. But that puts me so at ease at the end of the day. Even if there's just one thing that I'm grateful for, just to, to focus on that rather than everything else that's going on. Because then I wake up the next morning and it's a brand new day. And there's so much that I can do and give and be grateful for. And at the end of that day, I do it all over again. And just that helps keep me in my heart and it helps helps focus on what I have or, or what I've received rather than what I don't have or what I didn't receive. Mm. And that just, I feel so much happier for it. It's beautiful. Thanks. Same question to you? Well, I think you said it all. Oh, okay. Gratitude, man. Gratitude. Gratitude and forgiveness. Forgiveness <laughs> is more than saying sorry. Forgiveness. I don't remember the words. <laughs> I just remember saying forgiveness. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me on your podcast today. So. Thanks for doing another Dagasm episode, man. Really enjoying these Dagasm episodes. Yeah. I hope that they continue. 
And I hope that anyone who's listening and who has followed along with our Dadgasm series, um, I hope that uh, you've enjoyed this conversation and the other conversations. And if you have any questions about, uh, for Ollie and I, about what we've been through, about separation and parenting while separating and then getting back together. Keep them to yourselves. Yeah. No. <laughs> you were going to say something. You are going to invite them to ask you. I'm just going to say, <laughs> if you have any questions for myself, Ollie, or Lindsay and Jeff, send them to momgasmpodcast at gmail.com. And uh, on that note, peace, love, and a whole lot of cum. Namaste. <laughs> Stay sexy, yo. Hold up. Wait a minute. Do not press stop. We have some extra special news to share with you. Next week on May 28th at 8.30 p.m., Momgasm is going live, baby. That's right. We are taking it live online, and we want you to be there. Not only are you going to be hanging out with us on Thursday night, but you could also hang out with Jeff and Ollie. That's right. Momgasm and Dagasm are teaming up for an extra special live show. Getting weird for all you fuckers. We can't wait for next week, and the tickets are available now, pay what you can, slash donation basis, so there's no reason why you can't join us. And as always, don't forget to like, comment, share, and most importantly, subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And that's it. We'll catch you next time. Mwah.